The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, smile while you're giving. Amen. Amen. God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word, and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. And so we're talking about grace and its effect. And we say, you know, in this series that grace without results is a missed opportunity. Amen. Grace is not a doctrine. Grace is an empowerment that produces results. Results and fruit ought to be evident in our lives as a consequence of the grace of God and what Jesus did for us. Can I get an amen? And so we are read, we've been on a journey, you know, the book of Romans, looking at uh, all the different chapters in the book of Romans. And we learned that from Romans chapter number 1, verse 7, the Apostle Paul focuses on what I like to call positional truth or spiritual truth. And uh, as we are established in positional and spiritual truth, uh, in chapter number 8, he begins to turn and bring us into what I like to call natural truth or the application of what he has taught us or the results of what he has taught us, the effects of the grace that we have received uh, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. All grace, uh, positional truth, spiritual truth uh, must all become natural uh, truth that we can apply in our lives, in our jobs, in our marriages, uh, if it's truly going to have an effect and an impact on our lives. Amen? I said amen. Amen. And so last week we looked at Romans chapter number 12 uh, from verse 1 to 2. Verse 1 says we must offer our bodies. He's, you know, telling us what we can do with our bodies now that we've been redeemed. And, uh, you know, verse 2 tells us what we should do with our thinking. He says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change the way you think. Change the way you think uh, so that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And so uh, we see in Romans chapter number 12, verse 2, that the Apostle Paul is encouraging the church uh, to also allow the word of God or the grace of God to activate them intellectually. Amen? Same message that Jesus preached at the beginning of his ministry. Metanoia, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. For there's a new way of thinking that when you tap into it, you'll begin to produce or prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to ask someone to pray for you, for you to experience it. All you have to do is to change the way you think. And as you align your thoughts with, with God's word, as a consequence, uh, uh, results are going to be 
reproduce. Can I get an amen? And so today we are going uh, from the same thing and in the same breath, continuing. Hopefully we'll get to chapter 13 and 14. But it says in verse 3, For I say through the grace given to me. And that word grace you could put in uh, brackets, parentheses, uh, anointing. The Apostle Paul is now starting to uh, uh, reveal to us that with the grace of God comes individual anointings. And so he says this. He says, For I say through the grace given to me, the anointing that was given to me, to everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So some powerful things that we see here uh, that the Apostle Paul, you know, shares with us. The first one is, you know, uh, uh, we, we, because of his grace, we do not have to think of ourselves more highly. Uh, you know, you, you, ought to, you ought to have an accurate uh, 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 a mind or identity that is based on God's word. And so the Apostle Paul doesn't want us to think of ourselves more highly, and there's an equally dangerous ditch on the other end of the spectrum, which is thinking of yourself uh, uh, less than you're supposed to. Amen? So there are two things. Do not think of yourself more highly. It's called pride. And the, on the extremity of the, of the spectrum, do not think of yourself uh, lowly. Thinking of yourself lowly is, is an equal uh, pride as thinking of yourselves highly. Why, Apostle Paul? Because he says this. God has dealt or he has given to everyone the measure of faith. So he says here, uh, we ought to all think of ourselves soberly. Why? Because God has given uh, to all of us equally faith, the measure of faith. So no one was shortchanged. Everybody got the same measure of faith. You know, Wigglesworth, Smith Wigglesworth, he, he didn't have a great deal of faith uh, that uh, perhaps you don't have. Amen? God gave to every man the measure of faith. That's what the scripture says uh, in the King James Bible. It says he has dealt to every man. And this is kind of like giving, you know, uh, 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 muscles. When God created human beings, he created all of them with the same number of muscles in their body. It's the same way that he gave us uh, the measure of faith. So my, you know, young uh, six-year-old daughter, she has the same amount of muscles that I do have. Uh, the only difference is I've been using my muscles for long enough to create within them, you know, dexterity or the ability to do things with my muscles but it's the same amount of muscles just like God has given to every single one of us uh, the measure of faith that faith has to be exercised if it is going to grow in its dexterity so the actual faith doesn't grow but the use and the, what your faith can do begins to grow by use and when you pack that faith you lose it you don't lose it as, you know, khakis, you know, I lost my khakis, all my khakis. But you lose its power, its potency, its dexterity to function in your life. Amen? Just like if you sit on a bed, hospital bed, the doctors here will tell you, if you sit on a hospital bed long enough, they may actually have to teach you how to walk again. Why? Because you haven't used those muscles for so long. If you go to space where there is no gravity or some resistance to use your uh, uh, muscles against, when you come back, when the astronauts come back, they have to be taught. In fact, they have to carry them from the vessels. 
then they have to be taught how to walk again because they didn't use their faith against anything. They didn't use their muscles against anything. So it is with a Christian who hasn't learned how to use their faith. They do have the faith, but it can get to a point where it does not function. Sometimes it's a good thing. This is why the Apostle James says, count it all joy. When you are faced with troubles. Why? Because here's another opportunity to lift up 50 kg dumbbells. Amen. Amen. You know, everybody wants to be an overcomer, but no one wants to overcome something. Amen. And so everyone is the measure of faith. Now we need to use it. Verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, uh, but we are all members, do not have the same function. So the Apostle Paul is saying, you know, all of us are members in this body, but we do not have all the same function. We are all different. Verse 5. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So we need each other. Verse 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. So he's talking now about the anointing. Not only did you receive the common uh, wealth of the anointing for salvation, God also gave you a peculiar grace called the anointing for what he has called you specifically to do. And so that's what he's talking about here. Uh, and he says we have these differing gifts according to the grace or the anointing that is given to us. And he says let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. In other words, uh, because God has given you this anointing and this purpose and these muscles, don't go ahead and start trying to lift 100 kilos when you haven't lifted 10 kilos. He says whatever you do must be in proportion to your faith. In other words, all of us are on a journey of growing. And recognize that so that you're not frustrated by the process. Can I get an amen? Uh, verse 10, he tells us why and how we can allow this to function. Verse 10, uh, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Verse 11, not lagging in diligence, fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord. And so he says, as you function in these gifts, uh, there are two conditions that are going to help you, you know, really do it successfully. The first one is, you must be motivated by love, brotherly love. And the second one is, you must, be, you must have some, 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 some fervency. Amen. You need, you know. So he says, yeah, uh, uh, verse, verse 11, go back to verse 11. It's powerful. He's saying now that you have grace, you have the doctrine of grace, do not be lagging in diligence. Favorite in the spirit serving the Lord. Let's read it in English. Let's go to the NLT. NLT, if you, if you don't mind. Let's bring it closer to home. Because our diligence, we don't talk like that. Here's how we talk. Don't be lazy. Grace people can't be lazy. Amen. He says, don't be lazy, but do what? Work hard. And serve the Lord how? So grace people can't show up and say, Jiri Kufamba says, ah, yeah. How are you doing, blessed? Ah, then you don't know grace. Amen? 
He said, don't be lazy, but work hard. Serve the Lord enthusiastically. Hey, if you want to get into my psyche, if you want to know how I function, you know, Pastor T, I'm your pastor. God has uh, privileged me with that position. And, and the way I function, and I've been functioning like this uh, uh, from 20 years ago. If you want to know the way I function, this is one of those verses that define me. I'm never lacking in zeal. I can't relate with people that live life without enthusiasm. Get excited about something. If you're going to show up, hey, listen, even at the office at work, they know when I'm in the building. Yeah. I don't show up. Uh, yeah, you know. No, I show up. <laughs> we hear. <laughs> Here's another day that the Lord has made. Let us what? Rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I remember 2002. I got an opportunity to preach at this school. There was a school uh, in Zim, one of the top five schools uh, uh, in terms of uh, school fees and excellence and things of that nature. Peter House, you know, a high school. It was the girls' high, right, top five? It was about 100 kilometers away from Harare, and I got the opportunity to go there and preach every Friday and just literally become the uh, pastor for the, for the school. Uh, and so I would go there every Friday. And, man, I would start driving, I think, at about 3. I'd prepare, start driving at 3. They wanted me there at 6, and it was one hour away. But I'm so zealous. I'm so enthusiastic. I'm ready to go. 3 p.m. I'm starting. Lloyd here remembers. We used to go there uh, together. And so what I would do because of enthusiasm, they just wanted me. But I'm like, man, I'm so excited. Let's get other people. And Lloyd and Kudzi and all the other guys, are like, come on, let's go. You guys are going to do the hip-hop dance. And so they were, Lloyd didn't just start dancing on that video <laughs> he's been dancing for a minute and so we would go and Lloyd and Kudzi and them they would do the hip hop dance and we were dancing to uh, Kirk right Kirk stomp and they would do the dance and then Mary Mary you remember Mary Mary and the daughter doing that thing about to dance what you want to do I just want to praise what you want to do I just want to praise then boom, they do the dance. I get up and preach, and afterwards, all of us come on stage and we're praying for these kids. This is 20 years ago. Never missed a week out of those 52 weeks. They gave me that opportunity. At the summit of the uh, 52 weeks, they put together the big, uh, 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 the big. Uh, they called it the uh, a big uh, crusade at the school. And they invited the boys to come. And we got an opportunity to minister to over 2,000, 1,500 to 2,000 kids on that day. And man, it didn't get to that by just saying, You see, the world is looking for people with zeal. There are three kinds of lanes you can live your life. The, the lazy lane, which is literally just the parking lot. You ain't going anywhere very fast. And then there's the average lane. Now, the problem with the average lane is it's bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic. That's where everybody and their mama is at. You want to get to a place, you need to change that and incorporate. The Apostle Paul is talking about grace. It's the grace masterpiece. He says, do not be lacking in zeal, but be enthusiastic serving the Lord. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. That's how you do it. Let's go to Ecclesiastes. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 9. We're going to read uh, verse 10. Ecclesiastes uh, 9 uh, verse, verse 10. 
This is what it says in Ecclesiastes 9, uh, verse 10. You know, I was talking to someone on Friday about this very thing, uh, George Teradez. You know, we're mentoring him. He's here for an internship and stuff, so he always asks questions and things of that nature, and we're talking. And he says this to me. He says, uh, PT, maybe the reason why people are not enthusiastic is because they haven't discovered their purpose. Now, this verse, you know, answers that. He didn't say, uh, wait until you discover your purpose for you to be enthusiastic. He says, whatever you do, whatever you do, whether it's going to the shops, whether it's doing marriage, ah, yeah. oh, not a single amen, let me find some. <laughs> whether it's going to work, yeah. whatever you, hey, whatever you get an opportunity to do, do how? In other words, if you're going to do something, bring it. No, forget that. Brings it. Yeah. Amen? We call it, you know, playing uh, fourth quarter basketball. You ought to live your life like you're playing fourth, like you're ready to leave everything on the floor. I remember, you know, when we were pastoring, Lloyd would remember this. Man, I'm so glad I can preach these stories with someone who can confirm and rubber stamp every single one of them. Rumbi as well, if she was here, she would confirm these stories. And so we were in the youth. We were one of the most vibrant young adults group in the country, full stop. We were on fire. We were on fire. I mean, we would get together and just take off. It was, it was crazy, right? And so uh, this one time we were supposed to go to Victoria Falls for the, for the young adults camp, and they told us that there was no fuel in the country, and there were no groceries on the shelves. And so they told us, uh, so you have to cancel the, the, the youth camp. We laughed in their face. You see, we were so fired up, we could not be told it's impossible. We laughed in their face. We sent someone to Botswana, go find some fuel and get some groceries. Went 900 kilometers, found us some fuel, found some groceries. The camp was on, baby. We didn't know, no. Amen? And then, you know, to top it all off, we went, me, Stoll, and uh, Kuda, we went to Vic Falls. We drove 1,200 and some change kilometers just to go check out uh, the venue that we were going to have the youth conference. 1,200 in a country that didn't have fuel. You couldn't tell us, can't do stuff. And we went on Saturday in the morning. We had to be back by 2 o'clock uh, to Arare because the Warriors, the Zimbabwe national team, was playing at 3 p.m. And we made it back. <laughs> Talk about living with zeal. Zeal for everything. We're going to be zealous for Jesus. We're going to be zealous for the Warriors. And some of you, I can't relate. When I talk to some people and all they're giving me is, like, I can't relate. I'm like, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. The Bible says, whatever you do, do well for when you go to the grave. You've got to realize we're running so fast towards the finish line. He says, for when you go to the grave, hey, let me prophesy. <laughs> we all one day are going to go to the grave. That's the prophecy. He says, for when you go to the grave, there will be no work or planning or knowledge or wisdom. And so this is why the Apostle Paul is saying to the church at Rome, he's saying, man, never be lacking in zeal. But be enthusiastic. What does that word enthusiastic mean? Let me read it for you. The word enthusiastic, it means showing intent. Someone say intense. People have told me this. Pastor H and Marsha have told me. My wife too. Man, pity, sometimes you're just too intense. 
in a nice way. You know, I just like to go. And sometimes, and I agree, sometimes I shoot before I aim. Yeah. Praise the Lord, but then I aim after. <laughs> but you got to go. Amen. Amen. In fact, they call me Mr. Let's Go. Because I have no procrastination. People struggle with procrastination. It doesn't exist in my life. Because if we agree we're going to do something, guess when we're going to do it? If we agree we're going to holiday in, in, in April next year, guess when I'm going to book the holiday? Some of you say, ah, we'll see in February. That's why, man, you change your mind. And man, this, 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 this will preach to someone dating. Can't be dating for seven years. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's get married when? Jesus is coming back. You know what happens in the church? We have these brothers that just pray. They're just praying. It's praying. It's just praying. May I tell them, pray and watch. They just like to pray. They're just praying. They're just praying. Martin, where is Martin? They're just praying. <laughs> Why are you praying? Come on. Hey. You know, when, when, when people come and introduce me to their girlfriends, ask them. That's why they don't come anymore. When they come, when they come and introduce me with, to their girlfriends, you know what, what I ask them? So, when are you getting married? You know why? Because I read Ecclesiastes 9, verse 10. Jesus said it. He said, where are we going to heaven? There is no marriage. Listen, Jesus could come back tomorrow. And you haven't tied the knot. Where are the bachelors? Let me see the bachelors. Oh. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. Uh, let's go to Colossians. Colossians, Colossians 3.23. It's the same thing. The Apostle Paul is on to something, guys. I'm telling you, when you, go, when you get on that uh, enthusiasm, zeal lane, promotion is guaranteed. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen. Uh, Colossians 3, 23 to 24 in the NKJV. Colossians 3, 23 to 24 in the NKJV. He says, uh, whatever you do, do it how? Heartily. Put your heart in it. Whether it's playing golf or it's uh, going to the gym, don't just show up. Whatever you do, put your heart in it. Amen? I said amen. amen. This is the way to live life full stop. We have to put our hearts in everything. You know why? Because every time you live life, you leave a trail of your fingerprint, and your fingerprint is a signature that signs off the kind of work and the kind of person that you are. 
When I came into uh, South Africa, for the first uh, two months, I was an administrator slash driver. But I had read this verse. I had read all, the, all of these verses, and I knew that the inner lane, the first lane of uh, excellence, the first lane of zeal and enthusiasm is always free. So I knew that if I could get on that lane, I'm going to speed through and get to the destination of uh, promotion. And so what I did is I started applying myself in that lane, and by the time I left that business I was second in charge traveling all over the world going to China going to India and signing off big deals from being an administrator uh, a slash driver to being second in charge what did that what happened what happened to all the other 20 that were in the business uh, earlier than me what happened to all the other 20 that had been doing the stuff longer than me they were stuck in bumper to bumper traffic switch lanes aren't your neighbors switch lanes Switch lanes. Amen. I'm trying to help you now. This is good preaching. If you switch lanes, promotion is guaranteed. If you feel stuck, it's time to switch lanes. Get excited about anybody excited about tomorrow. Amen. That's how it starts. If Monday is a drag to you, you are stuck in bumper to bumper traffic. Hallelujah. If you don't like Mondays, if TGIF is your favorite acronym, TGIF, thank God it's what? It's right. If that's your favorite, favorite, that's, that's, that's the average lane. I really am trying to help you. Netflix. If that's your favorite lane, there are way too many people in, in that lane. Amen. Watch what it says. Verse 24. Uh, verse, verse 24, knowing this, that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the qualifier. Here's the thing that I put in my house in bold uh, in front of me when I was uh, a bachelor. I serve the Lord. So I knew when I was going to work, I had a natural human boss, but my real boss was the Lord. And that helped me from uh, trying to just serve when the boss is looking. Being a, the Bible talks about it in Ephesians chapter number 6. Uh, they call it being a, 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 an eye, it's a clock watcher, but an, an eye service. You're, you're waiting for your boss to come to work to work. The Bible talks against that. In fact, some of you don't think it's in the Bible. Let's go read it. Ephesians chapter number 6 verse 5. The people who, you know, the boss is out of town. Yay. In fact, I'll tell you this. Just from enthusiasm and zeal, every job that I've left, I left while they still wanted me there. They were begging me to stay. I remember my other boss, the marketing director of uh, one of the big telecoms, uh, telecoms uh, company in Zimbabwe, he wrote to my boss, who was the manager, Tawanda Mpunza, he said to him, uh, we will probably not be able to replace this guy. We won't be able to get someone as con conversant as him. I had to go Google what conversant meant. <laughs> Amen. Man, you don't want people, when you leave your job, people are like, ah, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah, praise the Lord. <laughs> ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> huh? A, a Christian, when, when you leave the job, you know what happened in the Old Testament when uh, Jacob wanted to leave his job? Laban got on his knees and begged him to stay. Man, you don't want, when you leave your job, people get in the boardroom and they say, I would dodge. We, we dodged a bullet. Ooh. 
And that's what your bosses will be doing. They'll be sitting and saying, eh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we dodged. We dodged every... No, you want them to say, hey, how can we offer you something more? And that's why the Apostle Paul is saying grace can be used for enthusiasm, for zeal, for, for applying ourselves to be able to do all these things. Can I get an amen? Is this helping you? Uh, Ephesians 6, let's read verse 5. Verse 5. Uh, Born servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, with honor. So you respect your bosses. You don't act like you know more than them. If you did, you would be the boss, right? In sincerity of heart as to Christ. Next verse. Was that too real? Not with eye service. You know what eye service means? This is a grace uh, book. Ephesians is a grace book. He's saying when you go to work, don't work uh, uh, with eye service. Eye service is waiting until someone looks at you to work. Do you see the instruction? It's in the Bible. He say, listen, if your grace doesn't function in the workplace, it's not true grace. Your grace should help you in your job. He says, don't work with eye service. Don't wait until they look for you to start. Yeah. <laughs> as men pleasers. He says, don't do that. Just trying to please men. But as born servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Watch what happens. Verse 7. Verse 7. With good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to man. So you work for God. Next verse. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will. Not there is a great chance. He will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. This is talking about whether you work free a job or you're a slave. Uh, 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 you work for free, whether you're a volunteer or you're an employee. Whatever you get your hands in, make sure you do it excellently. Amen. 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 You know, when we planted uh, Faith in Church, we planted this church, in the first two years of meeting, we met uh, just this section, this place closed, uh, just in here. And then, uh, you know, a few years went by, we had to open up and started meeting in the two uh, sections, and that area closed, and right at the back, uh, we had the, the, the kids' kids' church there. And uh, as we were meeting in this, these two sections, we had a little cheap uh, uh, DSLR camera that the Lord blessed us with. It was real cheap. We would put it right here in the center and then someone would be sitting there and just following me while I preach and uh, before service what would happen is I would come and uh, zealous right you've got to have zeal I would come six o'clock and and set up with with Marshall and a few of the other guys set it up set up the the stage or whatever and then I would dash home to go and wash wash change then go and pick up a family that lived in uh, uh, Woodmead go and pick them up for church come back for church have church straight after church organize uh, transport for them to be dropped off sometimes i would have to go drop them off come back tear down put the stuff in my car and take it home and then offload it at the house straight after that get the camera get the sd card put it in the laptop edit the thing because i had timelines right this thing has got to be live by 5 p.m i'm zealous i'm on fire did that for two years put that thing on on youtube and then go and cut some short clips put it on facebook while i was doing that somebody else saw my zeal and passion and enthusiasm 
enthusiasm is attractive. They, people who are enthusiastic about stuff, they just gang up together. They just team up. You know, someone at a television station saw that and they reached out to us. I'm really cutting the long story short and said, hey, listen, we want to uh, put you on a, on a bigger stage. From DSLR camera, uh, I went into that meeting. They said, we're giving you uh, a free access to our studio to film a uh, world-class studio, probably worth a million rand, that studio, talking into a 300,000 rand camera. They had about four of them. You multiply that. I moved from a cheap 6,000 rand uh, camera to talking to a million uh, rand cameras in a moment. Why? Because of zeal and enthusiasm. Man, you maintain. See, the purpose is given free, but, but passion and zeal, that comes from you. God can't get passionate for you. You have to find it's in your heart that you're going to be passionate about something. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You ought to be zealous about something. When you show up, we can tell. When you show up, some people are just showing up, but some people show up. Because we know, hey, we're running towards the finish line. I tell the guys, I say, Jesus might just come back next week. He might just come back next month. And I, Listen, when after all is said and done, when you put that name, Tafara Butai, I want it to be synonymous with excellence. Not perfection, we can't reach that, but excellence, we can shoot for that. We can't be sloppy when we are grace people. You know, growing up, people would get up, get the microphone, and say, you know, brothers and sisters, I just want to sing a song. And if I sing off-key, just say, praise the Lord. I'm like, no, I'm not saying praise the Lord. I'm going to say, go practice. Praise the Lord, you're saying off key. You had the whole week to practice. You should have practiced. Amen. amen. I said amen. You should have practiced. And so that you can bring a sacrifice that, that's worthy to the Lord. Remember, we are not serving one another. When we do things excellently, it's not to try and impress somebody. It is to try and bring a worthy sacrifice to God. Can I get an amen? And so they put us on television uh, free of charge, gave us 52 episodes, which they uh, multiplied to uh, two years. And while we were on it, you know, somebody came who didn't like me very much. I don't know what it was about. I think I'm likable. And so they fired me. <coughs> fired me. They said, you know, we're terminating this contract. You're not going to be filming here uh, free of charge. And so terminated me, but they couldn't extinguish my zeal and compassion because that comes free. It comes from me. I don't have to get it from anybody else. So I kept zealous. I kept on fire. And because of that, six months later, somebody else reached out to me on Facebook, DM'd me. They didn't even know me. DM'd me. They said, hey, listen, uh, I'm going to be in town. Can I have coffee with you? I didn't even know who they were. I said, okay, cool, sure, we'll meet for coffee. Sat down in that meeting, and they offered us another deal now to be on television, not just in Africa, but in the UK, in England, and in the USA. In fact, when we were in the UK, we met a few people that say, hey, we watch you on television. You see, if you have zeal and enthusiasm about whatever you find your hands to do, doing it, God will see to it that you are promoted against all odds. If this television station uh, uh, cancels my contract, I have no doubt in my heart that God will find me another place. If God has to buy a station and give it to me for free, he will do it just so that I can be on television. Amen. And I believe that. Amen. All God is looking for is someone who's ready to go. 
Man, I'm telling you, that lane, you stay in that lane, is bumper to bumper traffic. You ain't getting nowhere. You need to get out of that lane real quick. Amen? Amen. He says we should work. Let's read this in the NLT. Uh, Ephesians 6, 7 in the NLT. Watch, watch what it says. Uh, Ephesians 6, 7, NLT. Is this helping you? Man, I'm telling you, this is good. He says work with what? With enthusiasm. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of you for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. And so the, the requirement is to work with enthusiasm. I was, I was laughing with uh, uh, Josh Teradez. I was telling him, you know, you, you are an enthusiastic young man, and because of that, you're going to go far. And I, I laughed. I said, and your dad? Man, I see where it comes from. Your dad is enthusiastic. <laughs> Ooh, boy, I'm telling you, that boy is enthusiastic. He's ready to go. I said, your dad, man, he's just ready to go. I mean, he'll commit to stuff and then look back and say, oof, what did I do? <laughs> but that's what the Lord is looking for. He's looking for people who are ready to go. Can I get an amen? And, and I already have given you this, that uh, enthusiasm, the word enthusiasm, what does it mean? It means to be uh, showing an intense uh, eager excitement about the task at hand. And so enthusiastic people, what, write this down, enthusiastic people, because their lane is always open, they can go right, they always lead from the front. Enthusiastic people are people who have learned how to lead from the front. And so when you are enthusiastic and you are zealous and you are ready to go, God will always position you to be able to lead from the front, or better known as lead by example. I remember when the Lord started talking to us about writing songs, uh, you know, with, with the guys, and man, I got so enthusiastic, I got so excited, I was zealous. And uh, while we were getting ready to start writing songs, I bumped into someone, and they said to me, no, it's, not, it's an impossible dream. You can't do it. You're not going to be able to write songs. You're a small church. Now, if you want to fire me up, just tell me something is impossible. Ooh, I love it. I just love it. Because here's another opportunity to prove that with God, nothing is impossible. When people tell me, oh, such and such, it's impossible, I start smiling. I have another thing edged on, edited on my agenda. I like those challenges. Anybody ever told you such and such is impossible? God is just showing you the direction you should go into. Because with God, nothing is impossible. So they told us, you know, this dream of writing songs, producing an album, pff, you guys, forget it. And so I was enthused. Uh, uh, Masha was ready. A few other guys were ready. Pastor C, uh, you're there. We, we put together a group. I spoke to one of my friends in San Diego, and he, he's put together a class, a course for us. We are ready to go. The passion is burning, but now we just need some direction. Because zeal alone is not going to help you. Zeal is a great deal. It's a good uh, uh, stock to have in your investment, but it's just not going to help you. Zeal alone is just not going to help you. If someone else needs to come and just kind to uh, tame that zeal and show you how you can, you, so that you don't have a wildfire. And so we understood that. And so we called 
uh, Eric, Eric Lige put together classes for us, and we went through those classes eight weeks. We went through those classes every day. Every once a week, we'd get on that class two hours, 30 minutes, and just sit in there. And now, when you're directing your zeal, it's not as exciting as when you saw the vision. Now, the journey of directing your zeal towards the destination is like plodding. It's like, you know, working one uh, step at a time, one foot in front of the other. And so your zeal will sustain you if you really are excited and you've seen the end product, that's going to sustain you. And so two hours, 30 minutes, some of the classes, when I'm sitting there, oh, man, come on, finish. <laughs> but I mean, let's get to the good part, right? Let's get to writing down songs. Come on. He says, no, you need eight weeks. And then at the end of eight weeks, he said, okay, now I'm giving you guys uh, an opportunity to go write something. Now I'm fired up. I'm fired up. You need to be enthusiastic about uh, whatever God has called you, whatever God has put in front of you, and the, 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 these people lead from the front. So as the pastor of the church, it's as if that I'm holding this uh, uh, machete and I'm, I'm leading the pack, right? And it's a big bush in front of me. So I have to cut a new path. Literally, in everything that we do, I've put that on myself. I said, Holy Spirit, use me to be able to cut a new path. So when we are introducing the media department or whatever, I have to go and immerse myself for at least a month learning about that stuff so that I'm able to cut a new path of where we want to go. And so I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to write the first one. And so I'm sleeping, and this thing is bubbling on the inside of me. And I remember 1.30 in the morning, I wake up, and I start writing uh, the, as the Lord gives it to me. I start writing. This is from a guy who can't sing. I can't sing to save my life. In fact, in that same youth group I was telling you about, you know, one of my friends, uh, Ronald Hillman, he came to me, and he took me on the side, but this was after three years of singing. He took me aside. <laughs> He could have done it earlier. He took me aside. He said, you know, uh, uh, Tafara, we would actually pay you to stop coming for practice at the choir. <laughs> it was that bad. After three years of leading songs. And so, this is from a guy who can't sing. 1.30 in the morning, I went uh, downstairs and I started writing down. I started writing, I call you father. Faithful defender. My God, my healer. Yes, you are. Now, there's no harmony in there. I'm just writing as the Lord has given it to me. And then I put chorus. I will praise you, Lord. I'll exalt you, your holy name. I will praise you all of my days. I'll declare your holy name. And I, I went to the next class, your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I went to the next class. The class started. He said, now, everybody, put your song in the, in the comment section on Zoom. Man, I'm shaking. People are going to laugh at me. But I have too much zeal to stop me. So I'm the first one. I put it in there. And he looks. Eric, he said, huh, there's some bones. There's some bones to this meat. Or there's some meat to the bones. He said, what he meant was there's, there's, there's something to work with. And he said, okay, 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 here's what we can do. I will pray. Record that. Record that harmony. Record that. 
Alex, oh, yo, ooh. Now, the cool thing was all five of us on that call were, were gifted in the area of zeal and enthusiasm. So every time someone would belt out a harmony, even if it's not that good, it's, ooh, ah, ooh. Yeah, ooh, that, that's the one. We're not critical at all. We're just excitable. See, because if you try to live life in a critical stage, in a critical state where you just criticize everything, you can throw away the baby together with the, you know, bathing waters. And so we did that. We, we laid down everything. And then by the time we went to the studios, there was something. How did that all start? Everything is going to start with you making a decision to live a life of excitement, a life of zeal. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, we're running towards the finish line. We don't have much time. I read this scripture. They didn't think it was in the Bible, but I read it to the elders. I'm going to end with this. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1. This one is for mostly the young people. They didn't think it was in the Bible. I showed it to them. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1. Watch what it says. It says, remember now your creator in the days of your what? Youth. That word youth in the Hebrew, you could translate that word when you have energy, when you have time. Or when you are a bachelor. Okay. <laughs> or bachelorette. That's what that word means in the Hebrew. And he's saying, remember your creator in the days when you are single. See, because when you are single, you can go far. With no consequences. You can drive to Big Falls on Saturday, drive back on Sunday. But once you get married, it's like uh, 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 driving a, a much bigger car with, uh, with the kids with a trailer on it. You can't just park anywhere. Now you have to think about how you live your life. Amen? And so he's saying before you start driving the big one, before you have a trailer on you, run as fast as you can and as far as you can. This is why when I'm dealing with young people, I, t I told the youth pastor, I said, as faith or church, I want to see my greatest desire. He asked me, so what's your greatest desire? I want to see young people taking over everything. Hey, I want to come here on a Sunday morning and tell the young people, slow down, not pick it up. We should be telling the young people, yeah, 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 Not come on, wake up. It says, remember the Lord in the days of your youth. Before, I don't know what those difficult days, I don't know what, before the difficult days come, right? And the years draw near when you will say, ah, I have no pleasure in them. And so here's what we tell people. I'm going to end with this. Here's what we tell people. I was, I was talking to the guys who serve, the media guys and stuff like that. I said to them like this, word for word. I said, if you're married, I don't want you here at 6.30. You should be at home taking care of your wife and, 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 and your kids and helping get ready to come to church. But this is what I said. I said, if you're a bachelor, I want you at 5. Because what are you doing at home? Yeah, Pastor H said, hopefully nothing. Why don't you stand on your feet? <laughs> Tell
Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, I will maximize every single day that the Lord gives me. That's what the Bible calls redeeming the time because the days are evil. He calls it maximizing every single opportunity that you get. Amen? As a church, you know, Faith Hill Church, we get an opportunity to help a lot of people. We get an opportunity. Uh, just last month, we were helping uh, uh, Terra Days Ministries, and uh, we had our serving teams go out there and help and serve and so on and so forth. And uh, we also help out with Caris uh, Bible College, and we go and serve there. And the one thing I tell them is, as they go out to serve there, I tell them, leave everything on the floor. This is fourth quarter basketball. I tell them, if it's got my name on it, if I'm the referral, don't embarrass me now. Amen. Because they know my standard. They know, they know PT standard. And when they call on us, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for that level of excellence that, you know, we leave everything on the floor. Amen. We don't take shortcuts. We don't do, I mean, when you see it, it ought to, it ought to say heaven on earth. Amen. I said, amen. And I'm telling you, we can take these principles and apply them in our personal lives. Everything you do. Don't, 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 don't say, you know, uh, uh, I, I talk to young people and some of them, you know, they tell me, man, I'm so, I'm, I really so am uh, thankful for my parents. You know, when we have uh, uh, Father's Day here, people come up and say, man, I'm thankful for my parents because they're just so present. That's what they're talking about. Everything, do it heartily as unto the Lord. You know, your children can tell if you're present or if you're not. You know, going out to, to, to eat, and, and, but you're on your phone half the time, that's not present. And your children can tell. Did I say heartily? You ought to put your heart, if you're going to spend time with your kids, you pay you spend time with them. They can tell if your heart is in it or you just, you know, babysitting. There's a difference between just babysitting and actually spending time with your kids. Can I get an amen? And so we have something that we do every Friday with our family. It's called Family Friday. We put away all our gadgets. We put a movie. We spend time. We get to find out what are you doing? How was your day? And we get to just spend time and have quality time together with them. What are we doing? We're maximizing the time because the days are evil. Amen? We're putting our hearts in everything that we're doing. That's what he's saying. He's saying because of the grace of God, now you and I have been empowered to do that. We have been empowered to do that, to put our heart into every single thing that we do. We're not average anymore. We're new creatures in Jesus Christ. Amen? I said amen. Now, this, this may sound legalistic to some, but I'm telling you, this is the uh, effect of true Bible grace. In Romans chapter number 12, it produces a life of excellence, a life of zeal, a life of enthusiasm. Amen. Man, when, we, when you show up at work tomorrow, they ought to know you've showed up yep. to work. Don't be one of those people that just, the shirt is here, the tie is half tied here, the collar of the shirt. It's a white shirt. If you wanted a dirty 
cola you could have won. Anybody ever met someone like that? But it's Monday. It's the first day of the week. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're a Christian. It's the first day of the week. You're already tired. Where is the grace then? And so he said it in Ecclesiastes, he said it in Colossians, he said it in Romans, he said it in Ephesians, and he's not just wasting words, he's trying to emphasize a point. When we go out there, man, we ought to represent the kingdom of God. I'm passionate about this because we have too many, way too many theologians who are not representing Jesus right in the marketplace and in life in general. Man, we ought to bring it. And he's talking to us because he wants us in positions of authority. We're going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you for it is your grace working through us that enable us to go to the next level. It is your grace working through us like the Apostle Paul says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verse 10. It is your grace working through us that is able to uh, give us a position where we can outwork, outsmart, outcreative out, out, out our competitors, where we can begin to do things more and better than the world out there who do not have the grace of God. It is your grace which is our octane for life. It is your grace which has our fuel to reach the new level in life lord we just thank you this morning that you are revealing this truth to all your children we thank you father that these your children are switching lanes they are going into the fast lane where there will not be any shortage of opportunities where they will have opportunities and promotion and acceleration more than they could bear. Lord, I thank you that divine creativity is flowing through them. Lord, I thank you that these, your children, will not just do the bare minimum just to tick the box, but they will do what's required and go far and beyond so that they can represent the kingdom of God and what you have put on the inside of them. Lord, I thank you that they will not serve with eye service. They will not serve as men pleasers, but that they will serve as those that serve the Lord, knowing that of the Lord they will receive of your inheritance. I declare this season a season of promotion. I declare this season a season of an ample opportunities globally. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that they will be headhunted. Just like Jacob was. I thank you, Father, that it is so in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And someone said, Amen. Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.